Married with Children, the podcast. Hosted by Dustin and Callie. Follow us on social media. On Twitter, at Married underscore Show. Facebook, Married with Children Show. On Instagram, Married with Children Show. Or reach out to us in an email, MarriedWithChildrenShow at gmail.com. We're always looking for guests and sponsors. If you have a name of a guest that would be an interesting interview on the Married with Children Show, please send that information to us through social media or straight to our email address, Also, if you have a small business that you'd be interested in being a sponsor on the show, please reach out to us through an email so that we can work out a way that best suits you and our listeners. Also, if you like the podcast, be willing to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Welcome back to Married with Children. Uh, special bonus episode uh, this Thursday. Putting this here on Sunday on Father's Day. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I got a table full of of people here for Father's Day. Uh, I've got obviously my wife Callie. Um, I've got my father Randy Roller with us today, and my son uh, Alan. So I'll start with Alan. Good. You having a good day? Yeah. What all have you done today? We had a pretty good boys' day. Pretty good boys' day? What did we do for our boys' day? Sat Denny's and, and we ate bacon and we didn't have any pancakes. We had some sausages. Had some sausages at Denny's this morning? Yeah. And then what did we do after that? Um, hmm. We go to Walmart, then we go home. Um, a cha-cha. Yeah, a new Catboy car, didn't we? And we can drive it. Make sure you get up next to the microphone. Uh, uh, Callie, how are you today? Doing good. Got a couple of these episodes we're going to record now. We're going to record at 7 tonight. We're going to record at 7 tomorrow. So. I, know, uh, I guess the beginning of the week, we've got a, a lot of episodes to go. So we'll be sitting here at the podcast table for a while. Yeah, and getting us uh, a little bit ahead of the... Yeah. the Dad, uh, welcome to the podcast table and uh, for the first time. And, and I'll... I'll say it here. I know I've already said it to you and given you your gifts, but thank you very much. And you know, just just to ask you, obviously, um, you got a few more years experience being a father than I do. About twenty nine more, but uh, what what makes you know being a father special to you? Gosh, I don't know. That's a question. But uh, kids are fun, and a friend of mine a while back said the wedding. He had a lot of grandkids. Your family get young again, and I'd never heard that. I I liked that. Yeah, and what? Hey, mom. <laughs> what, buddy? Yeah. Uh, hold on, I'll fix it. Stay right there. Um, I can and, fix it. And I know when you uh, when you've said that before. Now that you've kind of experienced here, who's with us? That's uh, it's just turned four, and then your second grandson and Alex, who's also with us. Um, who's a little over and your family get young again is so cool well it's fabulous and because i've been able to retire it's been fabulous to spend four years with alan and watching alex grow up also when when you're a young father and you're trying to make a living you work too much and you're not home enough and things that i've gotten to experience with alan and hopefully alex and that makes a big difference you know and i think and i think callie would agree i've gotten to see as uh you know, you were a tremendous father um, growing up. I don't want it to sound like there's anything different from that, but you uh, you um, you did work a lot. Uh, but to see you get to be able to relax and have the time 
to just spin has been really, really cool. Yes, it, it definitely has been. It's been a joy, and the four years has really went fast. As a guy that's been a father here, like I said, for 33 years and has been a, a grandfather for young fathers out there or, you know, newlyweds who may be getting ready to start a family, what what piece of advice would you give a young father? You got to spend all the time you can with your kids. Work is important in making a living, but sometimes I probably put that ahead of being with my children more than I probably should. You just get in a rut or whatever you want to call it where you feel like when General Motors offered the overtime you felt like you couldn't turn it down. Well I think it, I think the hard part is is obviously you know with anybody it's like you're trying to go to work and make that living and make that money and that's the thing that it's it's kind of everybody's got their own balance and I think it's hard uh, to to do that balance or whatever because I mean yeah obviously you've got to go to work and so it's kind of that balance and that's the hard part I think especially for i would say new fa- new like young or new fathers to where they're trying to figure that balance hey alan i got a question for you can you hear me okay got your head okay i got a question for you what what is your favorite thing to do with your papa um uh, i i what you like to play with him what do you like to play with him um, I like to play with him playing with toys. Uh-huh. What toys does Papa... Um, my Paw Patrol toys. He likes to play with your <laughs> Paw Patrol toys. Do you guys watch a lot of TV together? Does he like the same shows you like? I don't know. I know when you were younger, you guys watched a lot of Thomas together, didn't yeah. you? Yes, we did. It's we good, like Blaze, too. It's and a good thing Papa was there to watch Thomas because Papa took that one for us. I still watch it occasionally when he's not there. <laughs> Papa has to rewind it to make sure he saw what happened at the end. <laughs> so, Alan, what do you think is the, the best thing about your Papa? Um, I don't know. How about whenever you're... What What are some of the things that he's done outside? When you're at Mamma and Papa's house, you got some new things outside that he's built you. What all has he built you? Re- own swing and a new picnic table. New picnic table, new swing set with a new swing. Got a sandbox cover. We got new... Oh, nice. So now the sand won't get wet? No, the sand stays dry, doesn't it? And yeah. clean. Oh, that's good. Make anything of that. Well, we'll have to wet it down when you want to make a sandcastle. Get a little bit wet, not too much wet. Because now you have to get the new sand. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dad, you are, uh, you know, I, I tell a lot of people all the time that that you are by, um, and I mean that wholeheartedly, uh, your work ethic uh, just absolutely amazes me, and, and I try every day to can in what I do, and I try to bring my best ability and my my best work ethic hey, i can mom. but where do you think mom. where do you think that work ethic for my dad for sure uh he worked two jobs his whole life worked way too much but that's just the way he was and why was it i guess you know a lot of people today talk about kids that today and you know their lack of work ethic and when you say you got it from your dad and he worked all that time, wh- why did you why did you feel the need to emulate that? Answer that because when I was young, all he wanted to do was work and not play baseball or basketball. It was always about working, and I realize now, young, 
but I realize now he was just trying to teach me things, which he did, but it didn't always, we wasn't always on the best relationship. Worth rubbed, rubbed in anyway. And, you know, and I think uh, anytime it takes time to kind of develop that, because I can say wholeheartedly that um, I know that I didn't have the work ethic I have now, school or high school, and, and I think it takes time to appreciate, you know, even what I watched you do um, when I was younger and you worked two jobs. Sam worked for General Motors, and when we moved and you you just solely worked at General Motors, but when I say that, I mean, you're working seven days a week a lot of times and taking the... I don't know that I appreciated the work and the effort and the time that you put in when I was younger. And I think once I got to, you know, college and then, you know, started out on my own career, if you want to do something right, the effort that you have to put in to be, to be good at it. I don't disagree. So when we talk about your father, Phil, and, and, you know, Alex, our new son, we named Alex, uh, Alexander Phillip, because I know that, you know, impact on me and meant a lot to me as well but what are some of those stories where you know your relationship may not have been as good but it was an opportunity where you felt a lesson or, or it's something that stuck with you well he was always snug there's no doubt about that uh there's a lot of stories about how but he liked making money he liked saving money and uh, that was really his goal in life and i guess that was just to pass but it uh, I guess people probably wouldn't realize in my growing up, I never stayed in a motel one time. The only vacation I can remember we took, I was five years old, I think, and we had a 55 Chevy Bel Air. I was hired and drove to St. Louis to the zoo, and Mom had breakfast, dinner, and supper packed in the trunk, and we drove down there and went to the zoo, and we drove home, and that's I can remember. And I can't remember anything about the zoo other than there was a stuffed gorilla and his name was Phil. I never forgot that because that was my dad. Is, was the St. Louis Zoo free then too? I, I that's what I, I'm. I'm just wondering, like, I, if that's why I was going to bring it up. Why he would have chosen St. That, Louis Zoo still today is free. So I'm I sure that back then it was free. Right. And I am sure that my grandfather knew that it was free. Right. Now, I don't know. I know he took you and yours several times. Oh I yeah. I don't know if it was free or not. See, I don't think so. But but he he wasn't nearly as tight when um i came around as what he was i think with you i i would agree with that um you know he didn't mind spending money for us and and he definitely enjoyed doing stuff same way that you're experiencing things with with alan i think that that you know and pap was working still there for a few years when i was first born but i think pap got time to to spend and do things with me memories that that i know that you didn't quite get i mean you know that that pump pellet gun that's in my my me is probably any gun i own because him and i popped a lot of balloons over there on the the trussell bridge and you know and and had those moments that's just part of life and i think that that's something i've really enjoyed seeing with you and alan is those those moments you get to spend together and i guess that goes back to when you asked my fathers and you can't ever get that time back once you miss it it's it's gone I agree. And, you know, one of the best things that ever was said to me was uh, it's 118th. Every year is 118th. You get 18 of them guaranteed and, you know, not really even guaranteed because something could happen to your child right. at any point in time. But, you know, you get 118th and, and every year of those is is one of those gone. So it is it is something that can be very, very, you know, tough and difficult. Um, you know, and, and I guess, Dad, you know what? 
I'll ask you this because I asked you like what the best part about being a father was. What do you think the toughest part about being? A- Gosh, I don't know. I guess discipline and how to administer discipline. And I probably left that up to you more than I should have sometimes. <laughs> but I guess she pretty much ruled the house and and uh she divvied that out on her own she had a great sense of because back then there obviously weren't cell phones and and i can remember very well callie um moved down oh here. really I, oh I, yeah we never had one of those but obviously i know that yeah dad that had, was kind of the first thing dad had a pager and when we were doing that just to call home not an emergency but then every time the house phone would ring it was like you you kind of had a you had a reprieve period that yeah. you weren't fully in trouble yet you might be able to save yourself and then mom had this unbelievable ability to be getting mad at us and getting on you wouldn't know who it was for sure because again before caller id right. and she'd pick up and she could say dustin i can't believe it hi yeah well how are you and just goes to a full phone conversation but then when you knew that she would say yeah and your son and she was telling dad then you knew you were you you had yeah. you hadn't worked your yeah I, I always remember my mom saying just wait till your dad gets home and i'm like awesome <laughs> awesome and, and and it was kind of the same thing i mean it's like so you never paged him but now you're just sitting there waiting for him to like pull in the drive and then you're like oh gosh well you just hope for overtime you hope <laughs> hopefully you- <laughs> he's gonna work so late that they won't want to wake me i don't know <laughs> no it was it was never it was never too bad i mean it it you know, I was, I got my own, own, I didn't know when to, uh, when to work my way out of it. Danielle was much better at working her way out of it. I, than well, I don't I think Danielle got into as much, so she didn't have to work her way. Probably the trouble she did get in probably wasn't the same type that you did. She did buy a DirecTV baseball yes, package yes, one time. Yes, yes, she did. Yeah, <laughs> I she was did. getting ready to talk about it. Tell that story. That's, that's a pretty good story. Uh, I got a bill from DirecTV saying I'd bought a three-month sports package. It was like 80 bucks. And watched it, and I chastised Dustin oh about gosh. purchasing it. And how I mean, Dustin, how old were you? Probably, probably thirteen. I so would Danielle say. was probably yeah, right, yeah. right. So I would okay, twelve or thirteen. Just I'd say. To, so that everybody can kind of get an understanding yeah. of the age. And I called Directv, and I was pretty rude, and they pretty much told me phone at two thirty-three a.m. on this certain day because and, I had denied it. I said he, I yeah. never yeah. bought it. And so I had to pay the bill. I could, and I don't know. It seemed like it was a year later. We were sitting in the living room. My daughter come out crying with a handful of money and put it on the kitchen counter. And I said, <laughs> "What's to pay for that sports package? I bought it by mistake." And she didn't quite have eighty dollars out there, but <laughs> I felt really bad. I'd stewed about that and saved her nickels and dimes for probably a year to try to pay me back for that so this is my, the best my, part that's of the story my, it, you go ahead because it's what? it's a it's your story but this is my favorite part i've heard that story well, multiple this is, times this is where you start talking about a father and a daughter relationship yeah. because this is the best part of the story is dad whenever he tells us talks about how bad he felt how danielle how danielle who oh, had, she must have been manipulated who had thrown me under the bus how he felt so bad that she sat there and stewed about it not about the wrongfully accused not, not that you've been accused through the, all that. You were guilty of other sins I didn't know of, so, I, <laughs> so that, that doesn't make me feel bad out. at all. <laughs> that's a fair point, I'm sure. And so. that's another thing. I was fairly ornery <laughs> on a one to ten <laughs> scale, and it's pretty hard to me to pick the, the 
whoever said the acorn doesn't fall far from the tree was talking about yeah i will agree with that I'm, i got a little bit of concern with that going forward the next I, 15 to 20 years i do, I do concerned. too i'm just hope tree not yours <laughs> well i'm afraid even then it might roll down to my tree <laughs> might, so yeah. no but it was uh that is one of my favorite stories because and yes are there times that i had done things that i got away with or i may have lied my way out of there's no doubt but this was one of those where I was literally that it was bought at 2.33 a.m. Because right, they all right. assumed that I was the only one that would have uh, been up doing yeah. that. But it's like, I haven't even watched it. It was the baseball package. I like. I mean, if I would have bought it, I would have at least been it. watching it. I, I didn't even it. know it was purchased. Yeah, I'm not saying it's something I maybe hadn't thought of. I just had never pulled the trigger. But if I did, <laughs> I had no idea we even had the package. And there's no doubt my daughter and I has got a special relationship, but I will say that when we moved to Mitchell Pond, we hadn't lived there very long, and you and I were sitting down by the pond, and Sis came down the hill on her bicycle, jumped the rocks, and rode out in the inches deep. She didn't fall over, and she was screaming like a banshee, and me and you were laughing like a banshee, and Mother come down the hill and jumped in the pond to save her in the eight inches of water. And that we've heard about that a time or two, but you probably like a bath that's yeah. deeper oh, than that. I don't even know if her. I don't even know if all of her socks got wet. I mean, she she was still sitting on the bicycle. Just I mean, it. it Danielle's gonna love that uh, she's not here to defend herself on some of these stories. I mean, I I know that they say that you can drown in like a uh, right. A, yeah, you'd have to work at that, and you were gonna have to work at drowning in this one too. Well, especially the fact that she's still sitting on her bike, like her butt oh, is on was, the bike seat. It was priceless. But since we've we've told one on on Danielle, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell one on Dad because when we were still living in Illinois, my dad a three wheeler, and uh, I was kind of well. I'd had some other, I had a, a mini bike, and I had some other you know motorized vehicles, and uh, but three wheeler, and I'll never forget it. We had just gotten home with it unloaded out of the back of the truck and dad's starting it and i i can't wait to get on it dad's starting and dad's kind of giving me the like flight attendant like here's the rules this is all the things which as a as a eight nine year old kid i'm like well i remember him telling me you don't want to gas it too hard because when you do because there's not much weight on the front end it'll pop up and it may right after he said that he gassed that to give an example and he ended up right <laughs> on his back and that three-wheeler went right over with him <laughs> so uh he not only he was a dedicated to teach me the right way but he modeled Showed you, yeah he modeled yeah. what was right you asked me if i did that on purpose to show you what and of course i'm <laughs> sure i said i did but but today i know much better <laughs> But shortly after that, the water was frozen in the cornfield behind where we lived. And me and his mother, he wanted don't get close to the edge and told him a dozen times. And he got close to the edge, fell through the ice, hurt his foot, screaming, screaming, and screaming. We said, go to the hospital. But he was playing that up so he would not be in trouble. Of course, he also cut his finger with his first pocket knife on a radish. And mother was I thought I was going to have to have my finger amputated. <laughs> I'd always what dad gave me a pocket knife and and I wasn't supposed to take it outside of I was supposed to take mom's rule but it, as we've already talked before there were very few rules that I didn't see the ability to Well, I guess if she said shelf in your room, she's hoping that the most that maybe you did was get take it still in the house. 
Like, you know, Maybe. it's like if she would have said, oh, just it's has to go outside. Well, and I, you know, I'd always watch Dad. Dad would always pick, and, and it's kind of funny because you and I were just talking about this the other day right. because of uh, your granddad and the garden, but dad and i both have a love for for radishes and, right. and fresh garden radishes and dad would always pick them and take his pocket knife and cut them right out there at the garden and like i said your granddad and i when he was still around him and i used to do that out at mm-hmm. the the garden as well and i was young shoot i was probably nine years old again and i went out and i thought i was hot stuff and here i'm standing out there and i went to cut through and i cut my thumb pretty good and right now You've uh, done it multiple times, like a lot worse, I'm sure. Well, yeah, I ran it through that planer that one time, <laughs> kind of guy. But back then, if I, you know, back right. then, I, if I told you how it visioned, I thought it was, I, yeah, I thought it was coming all, all the way off and it was going to need to be amputated. And um, it wouldn't really know that it needed a band aid. But <laughs> I just remember mom telling me that did was the bleed? end of my pocket. You know, I mean, yeah, it, I think it, it bled. Did, at least I was broke the more skin. Than a <laughs> so uh but yeah and those were um those were the the fun learning experiences i guess i had growing up for sure so well i would say just in like you i mean uh you know four years of being a father i think probably my favorite part or i don't know if it's my favorite part but the funniest part is whenever whether it's disciplining alan or something and um the fact that sometimes you laugh (laughs) supposed to be a serious moment and i'm like either saying something to him or he's saying something and i understand yes it is truly funny he's four years old and he kind of just says whatever he thinks but it's like not at the time or something like that and i look over at dustin and he's like laughing and i'm like and then it's hard for me to keep a straight face and i'm like seriously like we told on the i think it was like the very first episode when alan did the whole uh toilet paper incident and you came in and just were freaking dying laugh like sometimes i don't know it it's crazy <laughs> now um i had something that i kind uh i totally lost it i don't know <laughs> i i really did maybe I, it'll come back to you it might point. i had to go and it was it was gone with me but uh um, that sounds like something i would do it, it does a lot uh, it was always good growing up that mom your and sis's friends and to the house and it was always great that our house was kind of the flop house there was a few others the daubs but there we could keep an eye on them and uh, i always enjoyed that uh wake up in the morning and there was kids passed out all over the living room and <laughs> i enjoyed that i enjoyed the kids being there yeah and 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 kudos to you guys because um there wasn't a no-to. I mean, we did some, and not in the sense of like crazy illegal things, not like that. But you know, we bought a, I bought a Firebird my senior year for. You know, we used to sit out there and we kept saying we were going to fix it up, but really all we did was uh, tinker around and shoot the breeze and play cards, mom and dads, and you know, mom and dad never questioned anything. We'd have twenty and thirty people poker tournaments, and dad would come out and play with us, and uh, you know, all my friends and uh arnold has already uh snapchatted me here and i told him we were getting ready to record with dad and he said he couldn't wait to hear it because <sighs> you know i can I definitely um a pretty popular one uh, amongst my friends and and he's helped a lot of them past um high school and past you know hanging around there got to those guys as well 
Well, I still got a bone to pick with Arnie, Arnold that you're talking about, when he was at the house one day and Mom had fresh strawberries and he got a two-gallon bucket and I asked him if he thought he was a golden corral. But he was pretty hard on my strawberries. Ar- I'd say he had- I know he's not forgotten that. And then there was the chair, um, which I don't even know where that chair, I think that chair's probably long gone, but used to sit right there in the family room. Arnold came over and he'd lean back in that recliner chair. He'd be out. It didn't yep. matter. <laughs> Nine o'clock in the morning, just woke up. Three in the afternoon, eleven at night, he slept, and it was it was like a, a you know a sleeping a deal, pill huh? for him. So yeah, he uh, he slept on it all night, several nights. Yes, yeah. I don't know if he still got. Yeah, it or I think not. you're right. Oh, is that right? You yeah. ended up just giving it. To, that's we too gave funny. We it to him when we replaced it. That's too funny. So, you you know you talk about some of the um, the kind of. We funny things that I did, but I know that you've got some stories. Uh, you know, with Pap, some some minor mischief you may have gotten yourself into, and some things you did, and uh, any of those you you care to share with? Really, I <laughs> I had a six fifty Triumph that I put a million dollars in, and I was in Charleston and Auburn, Illinois, to a beer festival, and they all had Harleys, and they wanted me to go, and I said I couldn't keep up. Uh, 55 was all like I said that's all the faster they were going and so I agreed to go and about 30 miles south of Charleston we were running 85 I blew 30 of us locked the back wheel up how I got off the interstate out of that pack without wrecking but all we had following us was a GTO car so all we could do was disassemble the motorcycle and throw all the parts in the trunk and when I finally got back to Charleston on Sunday night, Irvin went home, and I was sitting there and I had to call Mom and Dad to come and get me. And when Dad pulled in and that pile of parts was there in a pile, I don't think that was... <laughs> but he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. That was... He was... Which sometimes is worse. Silence. Well, no. I never... I never appreciated the silence. I appreciated that. Because <laughs> the other side was going to be worse. Well, one that... uh one that I was thinking of, and I guess it really didn't involve Pat talking about you as a kid and, and, you know, the apple not falling far from the tree, but uh, you had a you had a run-in uh, when you were a young state police officer, and I always love that story. Well, I had an M50 Harley. I bought it when I was 13 for $40. Hume, and Hume was a population 400, and there was four streets each way, and I knew wherever trash barrel, clothesline, the whole town like the back of my hand and of course didn't have license plates didn't have a driver's license and there was a state policeman from brockton would come to city cop and he would turn his lights on to pull me over and i would always outrun him because i could go through every yard and down every alley one night i was just sitting at the city park and he snuck up behind me i was sitting on the picnic table and he said the only one talk to my parents and I started to get on, and he smiled and said, no, you're going to push it. So <laughs> I pushed it home. He got Mom and say off of it on the streets. And he left, and I walked back to the city park, and I told a couple, three kids there that I might just go to Brockton and do a little painting. And the very next night, I was mowing the front yard of Mom and Dad's, and he pulled up in the driveway and motioned for me to come over to the car. And if you're going to paint my house, you're going to paint all of it. And I learned a valuable lesson there. If you don't want anybody to know something, you don't say it. Quick, I have no idea. But it was a good lesson. 
Yeah, that um, that different stories because you're exactly right. You learn quickly uh, who you can trust and who you can't, and typically that's <laughs> that's nobody is yeah. the answer to who you can you trust. You think? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, Dad, I, and I'm going to ask you this too because I, I said work ethic and things. You know, I want to know what are some of those other things outside of your work ethic that you feel like your father really taught you or passed down to you? Well, I think the value of saving some money and not spend, I, I can't think of the word, but recklessly, I guess, and, and uh, take care of your family. Uh, he did tell me he could never borrow money for anything but a home or a business which, of course, that was a lot of years ago. It's pretty hard to buy a car anymore. I was going to say before that. We both could borrow the money. But a story about cars, he had a 41 Nash that was wore completely out, the tires bowed out, and he drove it to Danville, going to trade it for a 39 Ford, used one. They won $300 for it. And Dad asked the salesman, what do you give me on the leave it here if you want to? <laughs> and Dad said, it's got a new battery in it. And he said, take it with you. And I'm not sure it had a new battery, but, <laughs> yeah, but he did buy the Ford and left the Nash and probably took the battery. But uh, no trade value whatsoever. No, no, no. Uh, and and you know, and I I think I would say you know, Dad, and and you know, you you've done a tremendous job, I believe, in passing that. I I do really believe that my work ethic comes from you and and what you've taught me and the way you've you've expected me to to go about my business the other thing that i would say is is that your love and care for your family has been a huge influence on me and and you know you know the one thing i can say is even in my my foolishness and some of the silly things that i did growing up you know i knew you loved me unconditionally i know knew that you might not you might not agree with me um you might be upset with me but you were going to support me and be in my corner and i think that uh that's on me as a as a father today and that knowing that the apple's probably not going to fall far from the tree and my son's going to be a lot like me uh, i think that's a really important quality that you always showed me and it kind of goes back to what you just said about pap and that you know when he came and picked you up at charleston he he probably was there you know it wasn't the time it wasn't the place it wasn't you know the lesson didn't need to be made right there and i think that's important sometimes too to understand that you know we grow up on our own too yeah, I agree. And back to the point of raising children, I'd say the biggest struggle for systems, uh, for you and your sister, more for you, but there always seemed to be something going on. And I in there too, but you got to stand behind your kids. And uh, that's probably the biggest getting kids through school. Mm hmm. Well, and I think it's, you know, and I've said it before, and obviously I have my own, you know, foolishness. I've told a lot of kids in, in my job that I work now, you know, I if I wouldn't have had, I had two great parents and I still found a way to, to stir. And had I not had that, I don't know where I'd have been or what I'd have done. I mean, I, I see kids today that I deal with who don't know if their parents are going to be gone, that their parents don't work, don't get up. Um you know they do it all on their own and that's that's pretty amazing when you see those guys i know how much i struggled to to always walk the straight and narrow and not push the the limits uh even with two great 
Yeah, I think I think sometimes it's hard. Um, I mean, just being especially like both of us in education. I mean, you you think, you know, you do learn from your parents, you know, your mother, your father. And you think, you know, some of those kids, like you said, if they do have those influences there, um, you know, there may be not necessarily a positive influence. And, you know, some of them don't have, you know, either a mother or a father, one of the two um, there at all. And so I think about like what you've got. um you know, with your parents and, and that kind of stuff even more, um, you know, as you kind of are able to see those things firsthand. Callie, I'm going to ask you this question. Um, what do you, you know, you, you've been around dad now for what, eight, nine years? What, uh, what are the memories or what are the things that, that stand out to you about my dad? Um... I mean, I know the story that everybody always, or the one of the things that I remember is when we were, what, well, gosh, I'm, I'm having a, one of your moments to where I totally forgot playing Randy. Croquet. Yes, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess one thing about Randy uh, is like, he loves to play like the yard game. We play a lot of those, um, you know, bocce ball and croquet and all of that. And, um, that was a few years ago and we were playing croquet felt like everyone was totally teaming up against me and i don't really know if that was the case or not but that's how i felt and it was like every time i got close um between randy and dustin i think it was both of them on your team well i don't know i feel like they were both you both were ganging up on me and like would hit my ball and so it's like every time i got close and I, i felt like it like it seemed like it was just me like nobody did that to anyone else but me and so i was that was one of the times that I got really frustrated. Um, even though it was like a fun game, it, I was just getting, uh, I was getting a little competitive and I was frustrated because I felt like Randy was hitting my ball single time. And then everybody thought it was funny. I didn't think it was funny, but. Well, I don't know that you were that upset. You didn't throw your mallet that far. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were pretty bothered by it. I Well, and it was like, I, seriously, everybody was just hitting mine um but i i don't know i mean like i do think uh and especially like with us building our house and stuff now randy and and sherry bowen that's um always been over here to help and you know in any way that he can whether it's watching alan or you know coming over when there's workers thing or or turning the water on at the water main when there was two foot of ice cold water in there <laughs> he was really good at that job yeah those in uh i mean he's had a uh, hand in about every step of the way i think of of this process that we've been in and we're still working on with the upstairs and so i'm gonna be here tomorrow he's, yeah too. <laughs> he's definitely not done yet because we do have a little bit more work with the upstairs so uh but um that is one thing that i do appreciate at least from my perspective and some of the some of that so well dad i'm gonna wrap it up here by saying this um dad i am uh to be your son um, and I meant what I said when I started that, that you are my hero. And I don't know if I've told you this story, but when I was in a, a, a meeting with the school corporation that I work at and a, and a gentleman was kind of pushing the idea that, you know, we need to move to go to trade schools and trying to get kids into trade jobs and some of the stuff that, that I'm passionate about and I'm trying to create. And, and he was, he was about that and, and. And his, his comment to me was kind of along the lines of, well, you've got a white collar job, so it's easy for you to push. And my exact comment back was, what you don't realize is my degrees were paid for by a guy that were a, truly a blue collar. And when I say it every day to General Motors and worked <laughs> his tail off to 
to provide me with the education that that uh i got and that i appreciate that dearly i appreciate everything you do for not only me but my wife my children um you are by far one of the most i've ever came in contact with and i mean that wholeheartedly i love you dearly and uh i appreciate you beyond you'll ever know so happy father's day and i've had two good kids and i've had a great wife that pretty much raised you and did a hell of a job and uh, while i was and i think your mother did a wonderful job and uh, i've got two good kids and two good grandkids well i rest of your day thank you 